0: Good morning, if you can make your way back to your seats. I think this time that we gather just to, we call it meet and greet, which seems like an awkward term, but I hate the name, yeah. But I want to just encourage you, continue this after service, like restaurants are open and people need to eat, and go have lunch with people, get to know people, build some relationships. Um, Hey, so a couple weeks ago, Jack... Jack um, is part of a ministry called Kairos, and they go into the jail systems and minister to the people in prison. And a couple of weeks ago, he was scheduled to go to death row and spend a day at death row. And because of the weather, they got canceled, and they're, they're heading in this, this Saturday. Correct, Jack? So we just want to pray for Jack. So if I could have some of you just kind of get up and go stand around Jack and put your hands all over him, make him feel awkward and uncomfortable, <laughs> appropriately lay your hands on him. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll pray, and, and just join, if you guys, the rest of you would just join me in prayer. So, Father, we just lift up Jack to you and, and the ministry that he's so passionate about. Lord, would you pave the way um, for what his team will do this Saturday with the people at death row? God, I, I just, as I, as I was thinking about this, I, Jack, I heard the, just the idea that these are, are people that don't have a whole lot of life ahead of them, but you can bring true life to them. And so, Lord, would you be preparing Jack's heart, his team's heart, to bring the life that your son gives. Lord, will, will the, the men that they come in contact with next week be receptive to recognizing the freedom that you bring through your son? And, God, we do this in, in your son's name and for your glory. And we, we just we, we lift up Jack in this, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then a second, second thing I want to ask is we have a family in the church who is, has moved this week and they've moved about two blocks right here downtown Warsaw. They moved about two blocks. They have some boxes that they're going to finish boxing up this more or this right as soon as church ends. And they need a couple people with trucks and muscles to go help them just load and move literally two blocks, and just put it in their house. They just need to be able to sh- move this stuff from one place to another, and they don't have a, a vehicle to, to be able to haul this stuff. Is there anybody who says, I could do that. I can, I can go about 3 o'clock and just help move some boxes. Come on. Nobody. Okay, I got a couple people. I got three or four people. Here, you three or four people that raised your hands, can let's talk after church, okay? We'll just get together when we're done with service, and I'll give you the, the details, the deets. I got one laugh. (laughs) So my name is Tom. If I haven't met you, I hope to meet you. But sometimes I don't get a chance to meet everybody when service ends. But welcome to Branches if this is your first time. I want to kind of get a a feel for the attitudes of of who we are and kind of where we sit. So I'm going to ask a couple questions. I want you to raise your hand. Be honest if you can. How many of you would say that you have a clear... Deep, intimate relationship with God, it needs no further you 've hit that point in your life with your relationship with God. Who can raise their hand and say that? about as many people are willing to help move today, <laughs> which is honest I think that 's honest how, yeah, maybe a coincidence um, how, how many could say that there 's things in your life that there 's turmoil there 's just stuff in life that that is you 're dealing with on a Day-by-day or week-by-week basis? Who has stuff in their life? Who's going to be honest? I I I would think that for most of us, we could be honest and say, yes, there's stuff in our life. And I had this object lesson that I was going to bring today, and I tried it out, and I just couldn't get it to work. But it was this idea of this glass jar, and, and clear glass jar. And I wanted just to paint this picture that with this glass jar filled with water, that this is our life, just the clarity of life. And as God created us, he created us to have this intimate relationship with him, this intimate walk with him, this intimacy with others, this unashamed intimacy with others, and just the clarity of life that that I believe God created us to have. And then I was going to turn it over and shake it up because I had put some sand in it and then show the cloudiness of when life gets in the way, how sometimes... It just life gets cloudy, and we lose kind of that focus. We lose that vision and that connection that we are created to have. And then I was going to set it on the on a stool for everybody to see. And throughout service, it would clear up, and I'd say, "See, when you when you engage with God, life clears up." And so, just picture that object lesson. But here, here's what we're going to do <laughs> today: we kick off, and I'm excited to say we're kicking off this journey of spiritual disciplines. And and you know, with 2019. I could imagine, like me, that many of you said, as 2019 rolls in, I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to hit the gym every, every day. I'm going to save money. And I saw this great post on social media about six days, about January 6th, that said, Welp, I've already blown it. I'm really looking forward to 2020. And... And the reality is we do that, right? We set up these things to say, we're going to go do this. And we say we're going to do it for the results. So I'm going to lose weight so that I can be healthier. So that I can walk upstairs without breathing heavy. I don't know about that. Maybe some of you guys do. But um, but we do it for the results. And then we just, it doesn't happen. And, and the reason it doesn't happen is because we haven't employed disciplines in our life to actually get us, cause us to get up out of bed and hit the gym at 7 o'clock in the morning or cause us to say no to Big Mac and yes to salad. We just don't have disciplines in our life. We're not disciplined. Now, some of us are disciplined in some things in our life and some are disciplined in others, but it takes discipline to to be able to achieve a goal that we set for us or to grow in life. And so with spiritual disciplines... It's the same. And the results that we're looking forward to when we talk about spiritual disciplines is a more intimate connection with the Father. We don't do these spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about over the next eight weeks just to do them. We do them to grow in our relationship with our God. So, so here's a basic working definition for spiritual disciplines. Here it is. Spiritual disciplines are spiritual exercises that we do to help us become more like Christ. Simple, simple definition. We're going to work with that definition over the next Eight weeks, and we're going to cover dis- different disciplines. Every week, we're going to cover a different discipline. Then we're going to give you some practical steps for you to walk out and, and practice these disciplines, try to employ these disciplines, try to make them part of your life. Our life groups, which kick off tonight, if you haven't signed up for a life group, I'd encourage you to do so because the life groups are going to talk about the disciplines. Each life group is going to lock arms together in order to encourage each other. To walk out and practice the disciplines, and we 're going to hope to hear some um, just some good God stories that come out of of us engaging in this discipline of engaging with God over the next eight weeks, so <clears throat> one thing i don 't want to assume is that nobody has spiritual disciplines in their life, and so here 's what I tell you: if you have a rhythm already built into your life of spending time with with god of of having some solitude with him, of, of worship, of, of fasting. If you have some disciplines, maybe maybe the, what we talk about will just help you to to tweak some of the disciplines you have in your life. Maybe it'll help you to enhance some of the disciplines that you already have. On the flip side, it's, it's probably recognized that many of us don't have any at all. And so if I stand up here and say, hey, f- this week I want you to every single day to go off for an hour and do this, that, and the other it's just a lot to bite off for somebody who doesn't have anything. So I want to encourage you that if, if you feel challenged, if you, if you want to engage in this, to maybe just take a baby step, and maybe it's just five minutes. Maybe you're just like, I can commit five minutes. Five minutes, three days a week. Maybe I can commit five minutes a day. And just in, practice the discipline, get it going in order to see how God moves in your life. My wife and I were talking this week, and she told me that, um, one time in high school, she decided she was going to be a runner, and so she had a friend who ran marathons and you know was on the, on the team and at school, and so she asked her friend to teach her to be a runner. I can personally tell you that her friend failed, and um, we, there's stories of me banning my wife from running in our neighborhood because of fear of scaring the rest of the neighbors, but um, we could tell that story another time. But what she told me is that her friend said, yeah, I'll teach you how to run. And so they showed up. she showed up at her friend's house, and they ran up the block and back and said, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. And she said to her friend, what do you mean? You're supposed to teach me to run. And her friend simply said, if I took you on a run that I do, you will never come back. I have to give you a little bit just to get you comfortable and and help you understand. So that's that's what I'm saying when we talk about these spiritual disciplines, that if you're not, this isn't a rhythm of your life. Would you just commit to even starting, commit to even just going down to the block and back? And so this first discipline that we're going to talk about this morning, and it's the discipline that all the other disciplines kind of sit under, is the discipline of solitude. And with solitude comes silence and comes rest. So as I'm talking about solitude and over the next few moments, um, I want you to consider silence, rest, and solitude kind of as one package for our discipline for this week. Um, And since it's Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to use a sports metaphor. So if you love sports metaphor, you could creep to the edge of your seat. If you hate sports metaphors, just put your head down. (laughs) But here's what I want to do before we do that. (laughs) Here's what I want to do. I want to ask that we spend a few moments just in solitude and silence. So we can't go off by ourselves, but just a few moments where you just kind of bow your head and try to connect with God. Okay, so let's start now. And amen. So here's what I would want you to evaluate real quick: Was that easy or was that hard? Were you able to just connect immediately, or did you think about the halftime show? Who is it today? Is it Beyonce? Maroon Five, not Beyonce. Beyonce was a few years ago. How did how did you how did that 30 seconds? Because that's all it was. Did it feel long? To feel like, oh man, this is awkward? Did it feel like no, it was easy. I it's a rhythm that I I can sit in silence. Here's the sports metaphor, just the warning. A couple weeks ago the LA Rams played the New Orleans Orleans Saints in the Superdome down in New Orleans. And the, the end of that game determined who would be playing the New England Patriots tonight. Next year, there'll be another game to determine who plays the New England Patriots for Super Bowl, (laughs) because they're always in the Super Bowl. During that game, in case you don't know football, when the team is on the field, each team has 11 players on each side, okay, in case you don't know that. When you're the home team, you have the advantage of what's called the 12th man, the 12th player. And what the 12th man is, is it's the crowd. It's the it's the 80,000 people who come to cheer on the home team. And during this game two weeks ago, what took place was, and, and if you watch the game, it was completely obvious. They kept talking about it, is the New Orleans Saints employed the 12th man to distract and confuse the L.A. Rams. And so what happened was anytime the Rams had the ball, the, the crowd would stand on their feet and just as loud as they can be cheering and screaming and clamping, clapping and stomping. And it, and, and it worked. What happened was the Rams, as they would go to the line of scrimmage to start the play, it was so loud that the, the, the players could not hear the quarterback calling out the play. He could, the, the players were distracted. They were confused because of so much noise bouncing around inside this dome. They couldn't, um, they couldn't hear him call the play, and it forced the Rams to use timeouts in times where they didn't want to use it just to be able to coordinate themselves so they could actually try to move the ball forward. This barrage of noise that was coming in was causing so much confusion to a team of professionals who had been practiced and know, know every single move of each person on their team that they became confused. Now, here's the tie-in for that. That I believe that we live in a constant barrage of noise that causes us to lose our focus for what God would have us to do. I believe we live in, I call it, noise pollution. I believe with, with everything happening in our world, as fast as it's happening, we, we, we're, things are just moving so quick, we're, we're completely being hammered with information, with advertisement, with, with noise, 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 that we just lose track of being able to sit quietly and hear from God. Joe and I were listening to this podcast a few months ago, and it was talking about finding... A rhythm of solitude, silence, and rest in our lives. And 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 the 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 presenter in the podcast was a, was a medical guy, a scientist, and he was talking about physiologically the need for us as as humans to 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 break away and just rest, just find peace in our life. So he wasn't it wasn't being talked about on a spiritual level; it was more on a on a health um, level that he was talking about. But one of the things that he was talking about is, in our world, the technology that is, that is at our fingertips, at my, on, my, you know, on, my, on my cell phone, is causing me to not wind down and get the kind of rest that I need on a day-to-day basis. And here's what he was saying. He was saying, you know, in, you know, in the days prior to cell phone, prior to the light of the city, prior to, you know, radios and technology, people would typically get up. When the sun came up and the sun actually would, the process would start waking you up as the sun and your, your body was conditioned to just wake up with the sun. You'd work all day and as the sun was setting, your body would start this winding down process and your mind would start this winding down process to, for you to have a good night's sleep to rejuvenate yourself for the next day. And what he was saying is we've lost that in our culture because of technology and we do things like, you know, as soon as the sun goes down, all the lights of the city pop up. We turn on all the lights in our house with a flip of the switch. Then when it's time for us to actually go to bed and wind down, we go to bed and we lay in our bed and we do this. And this light actually tells our mind, hey, maybe it's time to start waking up again. And we, we... we, tr- we, we trigger ourselves t- from, from this wind-down process into this process of getting back up. And if you look around, how many of you have trouble sleeping? I know I do. I know there's things in my life that I, that I know. I did this the day before. I did this the night before. It caused me poor sleep. And it's just this idea that we have gotten out of this rhythm of taking time to just rest, taking time to be silent, taking time to, to get away Spend time with the Father and just hear from God. And so this is what I want to encourage us to do this week is to take some time to just get away with you and God. And again, it may be five minutes. It may be 15 minutes. You may be able to get away for an hour. But can you get away, set some time, and it may mean that you have to stop doing something. It may mean you have to just say no to social media for 15 minutes. It may mean that you have to wake up 15 minutes early. And, and go off to a place where nobody's at, just you by yourself, no cell phone, no computer, and just sit and let God speak to you. That's what today's assignment is for, for us for this week. Just get away and let God speak to us. Last week when we introduced spiritual disciplines, we talked about six aspects of of what spiritual disciplines are. If you remember, I asked you to take a picture of it. So you, you have those six aspects. But one of the, the aspects was this. It was the spiritual disciplines are practices taught or modeled in the Bible. Do you see that? When we talk about these spiritual disciplines, it's not something that we get to make up. It's things that are taught in the Bible for us to do or things that we see modeled in the Bible. And the spiritual discipline of solitude, we see that Jesus modeled it often. He took time to get alone with the Father. Let me read this. It says the priority of Jesus's solitude and silence is everywhere in the Gospels. It's how he began his ministry. It's how he made important decisions. It's how he dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how he dealt with the constant demands of his ministry and cared for his soul. It's how he taught his disciples. It's how he prepared for important ministry events. It's how he prepared for his death on the cross. Jesus's solitude is how he went deeper in his love relationship with God that he knew as Abba Father. And Jesus is inviting us to join him. What this solitude that I'm talking about is for us to get away and center ourselves in front of Jesus and let him minister to us. Let him speak to us. Let us connect with the God who created us. Here's some, here's some examples of why and how Jesus got away. We'll just run through these quickly. Jesus had a usual place to go. If you look in Luke 22, it says this, Then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told, us, he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. If you're going to employ this discipline of solitude, I would encourage you to find a place that is your spot, your closet, if you will. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your chair in front of the fireplace that you get up in front of before your family gets up or your pets get up, if that's possible. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe it's the shower. If you're just starting off, maybe just you just take that time in the shower just to let God speak to you. Maybe it's a place outside that you like to go to. Find a usual spot. Find a place that that is your spot. Second, Jesus got up early. He got up daily. Mark one thirty five says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now, for some of us, getting up early is no problem. We're morning people. We operate the best. You have to know who you are. If you're not a morning person, you will probably have a struggle doing this. And so you may be a night person. I know I'm a morning person. I could wake up, and the minute I wake up, I'm 100% ready to go. My wife, she's a night person. I'll be dead asleep in roll over, and it's midnight, and she's just still vacuuming or something. She, my wife vacuums at all hours, except for in the morning, because she's not a morning person. Find your, your place. For Jesus, he got up early. Jesus, Jesus went to pray, Luke five sixteen. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Why do we go have solitude? It's, we go to talk to, to God. Now, talking to God doesn't mean us doing all the talking. It means us sometimes sitting and letting God speak to us and learning to hear the voice of our Father. And we're going to actually, that's one of the disciplines we're going to talk about here in a, in a couple of weeks. So if you struggle with just hearing God's voice, maybe you could just start asking God, God, speak to me. God, help me understand your voice. God, God tell me how you speak to me personally. But we go off in solitude, and Jesus went off in solitude to pray. Next, to prepare for ministry, Luke 1.12, the Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. This is the story of him going off and fasting in prayer for 40 days. And it was, it was the kickoff of Jesus' ministry. He went to be alone with God to prepare himself for the ministry that he had in front of him. Luke 6.12 says that Jesus used solitude to make decisions. One day soon after, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of the disciples and he chose the 12 of them to be the apostles. You get this picture that he's going up and and seeking God and saying, who are the ones that I'm going to call out to walk side by side with me for the next couple of years? Jesus used solitude to grieve, Matthew 14, 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. The news that Jesus heard was the beheading of his cousin John the Baptist. And he, he, he peeled away to grieve before God. Some of us maybe need to do that. Some of us I just, I just wonder if maybe there's something that's taken place in your life this, this year recently, the death, the loss of a relationship where you just need some time to go and cry before God. And let God say, it's going to be okay, my son. It's going to be okay, my daughter. And just go grieve before the Lord. And then we see that Jesus took time to rest. Mark 6 says that Jesus said, let's go off to ourselves, by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left it by boat, for a quiet place where they couldn't be alone. Rest is important. There's been a rhythm that I have been asked or encouraged to do for my life, and that's once a year to just go away for a week and spend time with God. And I use that week, usually go in October, I use that week to ask God about the upcoming year, to evaluate where I'm at with him to evaluate the ministry of the church and to seek God for for vision and direction for the upcoming year. I find that when I go on these this retreat, I spend the first day, day and a half, just sleeping, and my body's just saying it's catch up time. You've been running hard; you're just going to sleep. And I find that it's great that I could just go and rest. A, a couple years ago, I found myself in a place of just being stressed out, and my wife. Who's my Holy Spirit here on, on earth? Like physical, you know, I have the Holy Spirit in me, but her name should be called Holly, Holy Spirit. Two laughs. Two laughs on that one. But she said to me, you need to get away because you're driving the rest of us nuts. <laughs> and she said, she just told me, you, you need to get away. And, and I, I, it was hunting season. I think I might have told the story before. But I said, okay, tomorrow you're going to drive me to the woods. You're going to leave me there. And you're not going to come back till, five, or till dark, which was 530 or something. So she took me at 8, eight o'clock in the morning. I took a bottle of water, a couple pieces of fruit, my Bible, and, of course, my my bow in case a deer walked in front of me, <laughs> and, and I, um, I crawled up into the tree, and I sat there from 8.30 till about 5.30, and I didn't get down, and I, initially it was like, how am I going to do this for a whole day, but I, I didn't, know, there was no animals the whole day, so that distraction was removed from me, but I found that I slept, I found that I was able to pray, I found that I, was, I read my, my Bible and got, got to just let God speak to me through his Word. And I found that I got refreshed. And just an eight or, eight or nine hour day alone with God made a huge difference for the next season that I was to walk into in my life personally. And so I, I just want to show you this picture that Jesus, God, was able to peel away, find time in his life to go be with the Father for important decisions, for rest, just to talk to his Father And how we are invited to do that. So here's what I want to do. I just want to talk about the practical practices. Practically practicing solitude. So here's five things that we can do if if we think we're going to be successful this week. First is create an appointment. If you just say, yeah, I'm going to do it this week. You're not going to do it this week. Just be honest with yourself. It's not going to happen. But if you say, I'm going to do it every morning from 6.30 to 6.45, now you've created an appointment. And maybe you have to actually put it in your calendar if you live by your calendar. 6.30, 6.45 is my time. We used to tell our youth kids back, even before Joe and I were married, it's your jam time. You know, Jesus and me, my jam time. It was the, like, early 90s. That was cool, I think. <laughs> They'll have your jam time. But you, you set the appointment. And you keep the appointment. It's not something that floats. It's not something that anybody gets to have. If somebody calls you and says, early morning breakfast tomorrow, sorry, I got an appointment. You want to hang out tomorrow night? Sorry, I got an appointment. You make an appointment. If you don't make an appointment, it's not going to happen. If you purpose in your heart right now to say, I think I'm going to try this three days a week, set those appointments. Keep those appointments. Find a private location, find a place where you're not going to get distracted. If you have children, you understand this. You're going to have to go hide out somewhere. Whatever it is, find a place that you can have privacy, that the door's not going to knock, the phone's not going to ring, the computer's not going to ding, a place that is secluded enough, however that might be, to where you can be alone for whatever set amount of time that you commit to. Third, start small. I've already talked about this. Don't don't go in and say... Tomorrow I'm gonna to lift weights and I'm gonna go bench press three hundred pounds. There's only one man in this room right now that I know can do that. Bald guy right there. This guy could lift like five thousand pounds. But he's been lifting for like eight years. Is anybody else can bench three hundred pounds? I told you. <laughs> Start small. Take it small. If if five minutes seems too short, extend it to ten. Give yourself a 15-minute block, but set five minutes up. For five minutes, you're going to do it. And give yourself that time to extend. If 15 minutes is, is, is comfortable for you, give yourself a half hour And it, be willing to extend it. But don't, don't hold yourself to this time crunch that you have to do an hour because you just won't do it. You'll just say, I don't think I could do an hour, and you won't even do five minutes. So start small. Keep a notepad near you. Here's what's going to happen if you've never practiced this spiritual discipline. The minute you sit down and say, God, this time is for you, you're going to start getting flooded with everything you have to do for the day. Some really great spiritual thoughts. Like, oh, this is a message. You're going to get flooded with everything to try to bombard your mind from actually engaging in this practice with God. So just keep a notepad next to you. And when a really good thought comes down, just jot it down and dismiss it. If you have a great... Insight from the Lord, it gives you the ability to write it down, remember it, and and circle back to it. It's just a way to clear distractions as you try to hear from God. And then pray. Ask God to keep the distractions at bay. Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to, to minister to your heart in whatever you're dealing with in life. Go ahead and stand with me. You guys could come up and play. That's a crash landing right there. Some messages you know, taught, land it, land it real smooth. I just dumped that down. Just <laughs> drop that plane on the runway and here we go. I want to challenge you to go on this journey with us for the next eight weeks. We could do anything for eight weeks. And you get to set the amount of time that you... You act, actively participate in it. But would you commit to going for eight weeks? Here's what that would look like. It would look like being here for the next eight weeks. If you can't be here, we post the messages online, and you can listen to them. It looks like you joining a life group. And that could be uncomfortable for some of us. But maybe for eight weeks you can do it. And that means you're going to be in some relationship with some people who are going to challenge you and encourage you and walk along with you. It means you pressing in. It means you adjusting something in your life because everybody runs from sunup to sundown so that you can make time to be intimate with the Father. So would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to do that? And this week, would you be willing to spending some time in solitude with God? Don't be ashamed that if you go and sit with God, if you just fall asleep and have a really good nap, that's going to be okay because sometimes you just need a really good nap. And if you find for two or three days you're just having a good nap, maybe you need to adjust the time that you're meeting. <laughs> but, but maybe you're, you just need to rest. Maybe you, you, And you, you know yourself. If you've just been running so hard, maybe it's just like, yeah, I just need some time to rest. And here's what I'd, I'd ask. Each week, if, if during these practices of these disciplines... You meet with God in a special way. Something significant takes place in your life. Would you be willing to write an email and send it to the church? I think the email address is on the green card. Just send that email to the church because we want to hear how God is is working in our, each of our lives as we walk into these disciplines. Would you be willing to do that? So here's, here's how we're going to wrap up. The band's going to start playing. They're just going to kind of noodle around on their, on their instruments. And we are going to, is that a term? It is. Okay, cool. Not even a musician. Proved that one last week. Um, the band's going to play. We're going to enter into a time where, where we just call ministry time. And what this is is that you know every one of you raised your hand and said your relationship with the Father is not where you know it should be. By not raising your hand, saying you had a great relationship, <laughs> you were telling me you didn't. Every one of you raised your hand and said there's stuff in life that just has beaten you up. And what that means is every one of us needs prayer. And the prayer team, you guys could come on up. They're going to be up here, and, and at any point, if you need prayer for anything, would you just walk up and just engage with one of the people standing up here? And if, and if they're praying, you could just stand in the front row and just wait till they're done, and then they'll pray for you. And we're just going to enter a time where we just love on each other. You know what? If you're standing there and you feel like you need to pray for somebody, just go pray for them. If somebody's caught your eye or God's directing you towards somebody, feel comfortable, just go pray for them. You don't have to be up here to pray or receive prayer. You could do it just in the, in the crowd. And then as we wind down in a couple minutes, the band will dismiss us. And uh, just go have a great day. Enjoy your Super Bowl and the halftime show. Father... I know that I want to be a person that just is going deeper with you. I want to just have that intimacy that's missing in my life. God, my commitment is to is to make these appointments to spend time with you. God, would you would you challenge each person in here to to give this a try? To say, yeah, I, I could press into with my relationship with my creator a little more. Lord, I know that you're faithful. I know that you desire this relationship and this time with us. And God, I know that through that, great things are going to come out. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be encouraged. Wounding, grief is going to be dealt with. God, we praise you already for what's what's doing and what's going to take place in our lives over this next week. And we give you the glory and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.